Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. And the topic is accepting help. Some of us have felt so alienated that we've forgotten we're not alone. We've come to believe that we have to do it ourselves. Some of us have been abandoned. Some have gone without love. Some of us have gotten used to people never being there for us. Some of us have struggled, had hard lessons had had hard lessons to learn. You know, this was one of the things that I'm learning about recovery is there are always people there. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, I'm going through a a pretty big uh, change right now. And even now, just kind of out of habit, I'm like afraid to ask or I'm like measuring, is this even worth asking for help? Or can I figure this out for myself? So anyways, back to the reading. God's there, always ready to help. There is an ample supply of people to care about us too. We will if we want it, receive love and support, comfort and nurturing. If we take the risk to ask for it, help is there. You know, oftentimes, this is great because I'm realizing that for me, a lot of times I'm like, I don't think I have time for help. And it's like, that's help is what actually probably takes, creates time, you know? Anyways, back to the reading. We can draw on the strength of a recovery group and allow ourselves to be helped and supported by our higher power. Friends will come. Good friends, we aren't alone, and we don't have to do it ourselves. We're not doing it ourselves. There is no shortage of love. Not anymore. Today, God, help me let go of my need to do it alone and my belief that I'm alone. Help me tap into your divine power and presence and your resources for love, support, and friendship. Open my eyes and heart so I can see the love, help, and support that there, that there's, that's there for me. Sorry about that. Help me know I am loved. Love that. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is separating from family issues. We can draw a healthy line, a healthy boundary between our nuclear family and ourselves. We can separate ourselves from their issues. Some of us may have family members who are addicted to alcohol and other drugs and who are not in recovery from their addiction. Some of us may have family members who have unresolved codependency issues. Family members may be addicted to misery, pain, suffering, martyrdom, and victimization. And you know, family members that we've, you know, who have these traits might parallel like friends, you know, that I might have. And, you know, we may have family members who have unresolved abuse issues or unresolved family of origin issues for sure for sure, on one side of my family. We may have family members who are addicted to work, eating, or sex. Our family may be completely enmeshed, or we may have a disconnected family in which the members have little contact. We may be like our family. We may love our family. But we are separate human beings with individual rights and issues. One of our primary rights is to begin feeling better and recovering, whether or not others in our family choose to do the same. And at least in my family, I've found that the more I recover, you know, the better my relationships seem to get. We do not have to feel guilty about finding happiness in a life that works. Uh, definitely, I think there was a subconscious there. And we do not have to take on our family's issues as our own to be loyal and to show we love them. I mean, this is something I, you know, I think carrying some of my dad's resentments, particularly towards my cousin's, is something that, you know, is this weird sign of loyalty. And it's like, yeah, but it's 
being disloyal to myself and, and to my friends and to the people that I care about who are clearly in my life. Back to the reading. Often when we begin to t- we begin taking care of ourselves, family members will reverberate with overt and covert attempts to pull us back into the old systems and roles. And I think here it's more covert. We do not have to go. Their attempts to pull us back are their issues. Taking care of ourselves and becoming healthy and happy does not mean we do not love them. It means we're addressing our issues. And I think the notion of priority comes in here. We do not have to judge them because they have issues, nor do we have to allow them to do anything they would like to us just because they are family. We are free now, free to take care of ourselves with family members. Our freedom starts when we stop denying the issues and politely but assertively hand their stuff back to them where it belongs and deal with our own issues. I am so grateful for this kind of literature and also to see that I'm actually recovering in some of these areas for the first time in my life. Back to the reading. Today, I will separate myself from family members. I am a separate human being. Even though I belong to a unit called a family, I have a right to my own issues and growth. My family members have a right to their issues and a right to choose where and when they will deal with these issues. I can learn to detach in love from my family members and their issues. I am willing to work through all necessary feelings in order to accomplish this. Our next reading comes from ACA's Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is acting purposely. What a privilege it is to read these. We have seen adult children use the principles of the 12 steps to handle family illness, despair, and death with amazing serenity and faith. The beauty of the steps is that they guide us in our recovery from having grown up in a dysfunctional home, providing us with a healthy spiritual base from which to live our lives. You know, my codependency even thought of like finding somebody, you know, it it factors into like in finding someone else's higher power or doing it the right way. And a healthy spiritual base, as you know, my sponsor and my coach says is, you know, from within. When we remain engaged with our recovery by attending meetings regularly and reaching out to other adult children, we maintain a level of spiritual fitness that will assist us in coping with the inevitable challenges we will face. With strengthened spirits, we live from a solid foundation that will not collapse even during times of crisis. Situations and events will come at us unexpectedly and we will be presented with difficulties and painful circumstances. This is certain. Rather than reacting unconsciously and repeating unhealthy behavior patterns, we act purposefully while maintaining our peace. The steps are the tools that help us navigate the uncharted territory that is our life. By continuing to apply what we have learned on a regular basis, we can face the trials of life with grace. On this day, I will apply the universal wisdom contained within the 12 steps to whatever problems I am facing. And our final reading from, comes also from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is false self. The mind developed the laundry list traits or the false self to survive. Many of us were born into a hostile world. Instinctively, we learned to sense danger. We were caught in the family story and played our part, doing what we had to do to survive. We couldn't be our genuine selves, who we were meant to be. We molded a personality that could change at the drop of a hat, adapting to any situation. Yeah, chameleon. It took a lot of skill to survive, and our false stealth kept us safe in childhood. 
Before ACA, most of us didn't know we had carried this false self into adulthood. As we gained new awareness, it helped us notice the constant barrage of negative thoughts our false self gave off. It seemed like the 14 parts were part of our DNA. Wow. And this is referring to the laundry list of, uh, of traits. Uh, as we move forward with courage, we use meetings and recovery friends as support. And I'm starting to see for the first time how important coaching is for me as opposed to therapy. Maybe I haven't got the right therapy, but coaches is really about identifying who you really are and helping you in the process. And if you know you meet someone who says, well, you need to figure that out for yourself. Well, see you later. Back to the reading. As we gain new awareness, it helped us notice the constant barrage of negative thoughts our false self gave off. It seemed like the 14 traits were part of our DNA. As we move forward with courage, we use meetings and recovery friends as support. Our literature informs us and remodels our thinking. The steps help us find who we truly are. This I can confirm because, you know, I started realizing for the first time in my life I have assets. And a lot of times those assets were things that I had rejected from people who love me and emotionally, and really people who know me. We know the traits were an important part of our early survival, but now they are holding us back. So it's like, can retire, I can have a retirement ceremony. You know, I don't have to be a reactor anymore. I don't have to be unusually scared of people. I can feel my feelings. Back to the reading. Standing at the crossroads, we choose to allow our inner child to come out of hiding, which you know also needs a loving parent. We become our true self. As we recover, the traits begin to soften to a point where they lose their hold on us. On this day, I will remember how far I've come. I treasure the self-knowledge I've gained in ACA that no longer gives me gives me false power. And that concludes today's readings for Recovering My Inner Child. Happy New Year to everyone. Until next time, this is Koan Saluja reminding myself to love myself, to pause, because that's where God is, to feel my feelings, and to be still and know.